Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi, I'm Alexandra Scheitzman, and I am the author of Friendsgiving, Celebrate Your Family of Friends. So apparently, last year, ABC reported that Friendsgiving is the new it holiday. So I'm thrilled to be speaking to you, the Friendsgiving expert. What's the origin of Friendsgiving? Sure. Um, So first of all, I'm also thrilled to be speaking with you, Susie. Um, Well, the origin of Friendsgiving, um, I think for everyone, it's probably a little bit different, but I think it's just about bringing your friends together before the craziness of the holiday season fully sets in because people usually travel home a lot for the holidays and it's kind of hard to get everyone together because, you know, most people celebrate the, the holidays with their family. Um, but also, I think it's popular among, you know, younger people and, you know, students, um, college age people and things like that, because uh, a lot of people may not have the opportunity to go home for Thanksgiving with their families. So they kind of gather with their friends and have a little celebration wherever they are. So I love the versatility of this holiday for that reason. Do you think being a Ukrainian immigrant, you moved here when you were nine, um, you Mm -hmm. look at Thanksgiving customs through a different lens? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Thanksgiving for me is kind of, you know, it only entered my life um, maybe about a decade ago. So when we uh, when we moved here from Ukraine when I was nine and um, we didn't we didn't really have Thanksgiving, you know, Uh, we didn't really adopt that that tradition. And even to this day, it's not like a super big deal as it is for people who were born in America. Um, For me, I kind of learned about Thanksgiving through the Food Network. So I was obsessed (laughs) with the Food Network (laughs) when I was a kid. And I loved watching Rachel and Giada and Ina. They were like my everything. And, um, you know, I started to notice that uh, when November would roll around, there were all the there were all these um, Thanksgiving specials on the Food Network. And I was just so intrigued by the food of the holiday. I'd never eaten a turkey before. I had no idea what stuffing was. And as a concept, stuffing seemed really odd, like it's just old bread. And, (laughs) you know, um, like uh, with some stock added, I thought that was kind of kooky and weird. Um, mashed potatoes, I of course knew, but you know, all these, um, all these foods were so interesting to me. And I was so intrigued by, by this idea of this big food centered holiday. And because we didn't have it at home with my family, I thought, you know, I have a lot of immigrant friends as well, um, that, you know, I met in my neighborhood in Brooklyn and, and in high school and stuff. So I would invite, I started inviting people over for this uh, holiday for for my other friends who also didn't have big Thanksgiving celebrations at home. So I just kind of started doing this when I was, you know, around 17. And I made the turkey and the stuffing. And from watching all these Food Network specials about it, you know, I was surprised that I could actually pull this off. It was such a great feeling of accomplishment slicing into that first turkey. And um, of course, my friends were also excited to have this experience with me, uh, my, my fellow Ukrainian and Russian friends friends who, you know, were not super into this holiday as well. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. It's still, it doesn't have a ton of Thanksgiving for me doesn't have a ton of family tradition attached to it, but it is still a very special day. And I think it's my favorite holiday. (laughs) I think it's safe to say.
So you never had turkey growing up ever? No, no. I mean, huh. in Ukraine, we, <laughs> of course, there were lots of chickens. Um, so, you know, I look at turkeys as, <laughs> as large. The chickens, other chicken. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, never tasted turkey before. I, I mean, apart from like the deli turkey, of course, but that's, you know, that's different. So there are five menu themes in this cookbook, the classic, the Cuban fiesta, the Southern feast, the Nona special, and the modern. Can you describe the Nona special? Of course. So um, this is kind of my take on the like classic Italian red sauce joints that you find all over New York City and in Brooklyn. Um, so the, the recipes included in this menu, um, there's, a, there's a chicken parm. So um, it's kind of my take, and I make my own red sauce for that. It's a very simple recipe. Um, and then there is a spaghetti pie, which is an idea that has floated around the Internet for a couple of years. Um, like you can find recipes also in Smitten Kitchen and Food and Wine for this for this um, concept of a side dish. I love it. It's basically pasta in the shape of a pie and it can be handheld. Like it can be eaten as a finger food if you wanted to, which I love. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the inspiration for the, for the menu. And I love that you have, uh, with every menu, you have a timeline, like one day ahead, two hours ahead, one hour ahead, and then you have suggested wine pairings. So the timeline specifically was, um, this was a huge thing for me for this book. This is something that I kind of learned to do on my own every time I host a dinner party at home, whether it's Friendsgiving or other occasions. Um, I think it's very important. I, I'm, I'm a big planner, so <laughs> um, I definitely like to plan in advance and write out on a piece of paper all the recipes I'll be making, and I outline roughly how much time each one of them takes and if there's any inactive times that I, you know, if the recipe has me stop and then start an hour later, you know, I try to fill that time with um, executing another recipe. So I think that's something that beginner cooks or people who don't um, entertain a ton at home, I think it can be a little bit overwhelming, like, oh my God, how am I going to get all of these recipes out at the same time. And, you know, they all have to be served at a certain temperature and garnished a certain way and everything. So it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I thought these timelines would be a great addition to just kind of help people relax into it. And like, it's going to be okay. If you start four hours in advance and follow um, the specific order of cooking the recipes, you'll be golden. I think a lot of the time, you know, when you invite your friends over and people will, will ask, oh, what can I bring? What, I, what can I contribute? So I think wine is a great thing to delegate out to your friends. And um, I try to find, you know, I'm not a super huge wine expert, but uh, I do love to serve wine with dinner. So that's another thing I wanted to include so that you know what to tell your friends when they ask you, what can I bring? And out of the Nona special, I made your spaghetti pie. My 11-year-old loved it. Perfect. Yeah, I saw on Instagram. It looked awesome. You did a great job. I love that star shape. It was in a star. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was worried that it would stick. Because there's, there's a lot of cheese. So that was my only yeah. nonstick pan. It was in a star. But I thought it looked kind of cute. <laughs> it was adorable. I loved it. Yeah, very festive. 
This is really a guidebook. You also suggest that we can go rogue and pick and choose different recipes from each section. Preparing a traditional Thanksgiving meal is a nightmare, and this book really eases that pressure. For example, what are some alternatives for hosting a large group if you don't have a proper dining room table? Yes. So I think that for people, especially living in New York City, like yourself and formerly like me, you know, we have tiny apartments that sometimes can't even fit a dining table. But I would hate for people to be deterred from hosting a a Friendsgiving or another kind of gathering because they don't have that piece of furniture. I mean, that just sounds silly. So I think you can certainly have a buffet instead of a seated dinner. So you can put food out on your coffee table or make a little spread in your um, on your kitchen counter and just have people sort of serve themselves, make it very casual and laid back. You can purchase some extra floor pillows if you don't have enough seating area. Like you can literally just see people on the floor, on your couch, you know, get all your random chairs from your house, just gather around the coffee table and your friends really won't mind eating from their laps. I mean, people love being cooked for so much that it really doesn't matter whether you're serving them at a proper dining table or not. Um, I do suggest in the book that, if, you know, you should have enough surfaces for people to, like, put their plates and drinks down. Um, and Ikea or thrift stores are great for that. So you can get, like, an extra side table if you need it for around 15 bucks, and you're set. A dish from the book I wanted to talk to you about is your Choose Your Own Crostini Bar. Can you walk us through that? Absolutely. So um, the Choose Your Own Adventure Crostini Bar was inspired by my very first Friendsgiving. Um, So uh, something that I wanted to do was have um, like as a side dish, or I don't remember if it was a side dish or like a little snack before dinner, but I made these Crostini with goat cheese and caramelized onions. And um, actually when I, when I first got this book deal, all my friends, when I told my friends, the first question everyone asked me was, are you going to put those little bread things in there. (laughs) Um, Referring, of course, to that Christini. But from that kind of evolved this idea of a choose your own adventure crostini bar. So instead of um, assembling each piece of crostini yourself, you can just put out a bunch of little toppings that people can mix and match. And what I love about, well, there's a few reasons I love this kind of crostini bar situation. So first of all, I think, you know, cooking dinner kind of always takes a little bit longer than what I think it will. So I like to have some snacks prepared in advance so that when my friends get there, they can start drinking and snacking and leave me alone in the kitchen to finish everything kind of stress-free. So that's one reason I love it. Another one is that it kind of makes people feel like they participated in the preparation of the meal. It's also a really good icebreaker. If you're inviting friends who've never met each other before, um, you know, people can gather around this Christini bar and make their own little snacks and get to know each other that way, you know, kind of kind of making their own snacks, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I love that idea. And um, in the in the Crostini bar, I suggest making uh, caramelized onions. Like I mentioned, that's one of my favorite toppings. Another recipe I have is a sun-dried tomato tapenade. What, and both of those go great with various cheeses. So you can do a little bowl of ricotta drizzled with honey and some fresh thyme. That's always nice. Just some crumbled goat cheese is great. Of course, you can do charcuterie, um, some sliced 
some sliced fruit and vegetables like pears, radishes, cucumbers, things like that. I mean, you can really get creative and use your own palate to guide where you're going to take this. And this is another great place actually to ask for contributions from your friends. So you can say, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm having this choose your own adventure crostini bar and you guys are welcome to bring some baguettes and cheeses and things. And then we're all going to kind of create this thing together, which is fun. I made the choose your own adventure crostini bar the other night and it, mm-hmm. it was enough for dinner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great uh, lesson for like crazy weeknights you know sometimes you get home from work you don't you don't feel like cooking a whole meal from scratch you can just slice up a few baguettes get your favorite cheeses some olives things like that pour yourself some wine of course and just have a really simple low-key meal one of your favorite parts of this journey was the photo shoot tell us about your three-day marathon in the Catskills to shoot this cookbook I'd, I'd been to um, other photo shoots before for other cookbooks and magazine shoots and stuff, but never had I had a team of my own executing my own recipes and shooting a big project like this. So it was really uh, a rewarding experience uh, for food styling. I recruited my friend and colleague, uh, Rebecca French, who has a couple of cookbooks of her own, uh, most recently Whole Protein Vegetarian, which is a wonderful cookbook, especially for weeknight cooking. Um, and she actually let us use her gorgeous house in the Catskills, uh, which was great because I didn't have to rent a studio uh, for shooting and then uh, for for helping us prep some of the food. I also uh, recruited my friend Sean Arguez, who is a chef um, who's worked in amazing restaurants um, in Texas and New York City, uh, most recently at Cosme. Um, now he's working as a corporate chef. Uh, so he was incredible to have on hand to just execute everything super quick, quickly and efficiently. Um, so it was nice to just be for me to be able to focus on the photography, on the lighting, um, on the on just the visual concepts and have somebody else um, handle the cooking. Tell us about your blog, The New Baguette. New Baguette is a blog where I feature what I call healthy recipes for busy people. So I try to introduce mostly um, whole foods, plant-based cuisine to beginner cooks. I'm really passionate about healthy cooking um, and cooking from scratch at home, Um, whole grains, legumes, fresh produce, things like that. So that's kind of what I try to showcase on my blog. I've been blogging for a number of years, and uh, I actually just left my full-time job last year to pursue freelancing and uh, blogging full-time. So it's been a really interesting adventure. Where can we find you on the web? So my blog is thenewbaguette.com, and on Instagram, I am thenewbaguette, and the same thing on Facebook. You have given us inspiration to start a new Friendsgiving tradition. Thank you, Alex, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. It's been a pleasure. Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book. Twitter is I am Susie Chase. And download your kitchen mixtapes, music to cook by, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book. And as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts.